Hey folks, welcome to Close the Deal, a podcast designed for you, our valued dealers. I'm Jake Watson, your moderator, SVP of Marketing. We've got Rich here with us today. Richie? Hello, hello. Good day, everybody. Richard Texer, Senior Vice President of Sales. And we gave uh, Nish the day off again. Uh, he's slacking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> In our last episode, we spoke about how you can use sales negotiation tactics to combat fear of rejection. If you haven't listened to it already, I encourage you to check it out. It's a good one. Uh, today for his maiden voyage, we've got Brian Jolly, Dealer Financing Corporate Trainer, to speak about the importance of training. Brian, how you doing, bud? Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for coming. So, Brian, tell me, uh, tell me a bit about your background. Like, what, what, what's led you to this point? Yeah. So, my first experience working in education, I spent nearly a decade working in special education at the Toronto District School Board. Cool. So I would work with students at the high school level who had various different types of learning styles, exceptionalities, obstacles that they had to overcome. For the most part, I was working with individuals who were in 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade who could only read or write at the, the grade 4 or grade 5 level. Right. And a lot of the foundations and principles surrounding educating in the special education sectors are things that I brought with me when getting into the adult learning sector. I've worked in sales before, but I wouldn't categorize myself as a salesperson. Right. I've done training in the dentistry sector, mm. but I didn't know much about dentistry when mm. I worked in dentistry. Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked in many different verticals and many different lines of business as a trainer because my background and my passion is education. Right. So you take the principles of training and just apply them to different verticals, whether it be working in TDSB yes. or working with dentists or right. in this case, working with financial advisors. Absolutely. Yeah. And the principles are differentiated instruction. Right. differentiated learning where it's the understanding that no individual learns the same right where your learning style is as unique as your line of business mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you believe in differentiated instruction you believe that it's your job to adapt your teaching style based on how they process information best not the other way around cool and you know like i said earlier i've trained in dentistry from a software as a service standpoint to medicine to mortgages and now finance mm -hmm. but the principles have always been the same where where i'm an educator i'm passionate about about teaching and i'm passionate about helping people become better version of themselves while they're learning what i teach love it very cool yeah and and just to touch on that you know there's a level of empathy you need to have with training in terms of understanding your audience so you know for anyone out there you know, it is a worthwhile venture to go out and find someone with training experience. Uh, Brian was an absolute incredible asset uh, that we were able to obtain. And then before Brian, same thing. But for those out there, you know, it's not just the training content you create, but sometimes you got to look at your trainer and say, hey, do I have the right person in the right role delivering the training content uh, that we need to really anyone who's coming into your organization? And that's just an important factor I think some people need to think about as well, too. So Brian is our in-house expert trainer and, you know, training is obviously a super important component to sales. And we kind of wanted to join the last episode with this episode. So last week we talked about uh, fear of rejection and how that can hinder performance. And so what we want to talk about today is just how training can really help with that kind of fear rejection and, and what we here at Simply Group offer to our dealers in terms of training. So maybe I'll just kind of kick it over to you, Rich and, and Brian, to jump in here. Like, what do you think? Like, what's the training aspect here that's going to really help with a rejection? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. What I find in sales sometimes was that 
training had traditionally been what I always call tribal knowledge. Right. It was one senior elder in the group, male or female, who takes a you know young salesperson under their wing and takes them out there, and um, and that new person is exposed to the good, bad, and ugly that is that individual. Right. You don't know what paranoia you're getting from that person, whatever their thoughts are. Uh, about things in life in general, they're going to try to transplant onto you what they, the good things, the bad things, right? If, if they're not happy about their compensation, then you better believe that new person is going to learn that, right. right? And, you know, the one thing I've always learned about training and or shadowing that old way of doing things is that, you know, most people will retain maybe about 20 to 40% of the good things that person does. <laughs> But you better believe you're going to retain 100% of the bad things they do. <laughs> right. When you look at it, what, what you generally see is a very loose, not structured training. Or sometimes you'll hear me refer on this podcast onboarding. It almost sounds like you're describing like training as an afterthought. You know, It is. Yeah. A lot of it is. And, yeah. and I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember some of my initial training sessions in some of my old places. Again, it was just like, here's Sue. And you're just going to hang out with Sue. Right. And the thought is just by osmosis. I'm supposed to learn what Sue does. But, you know, there was no, you know, talk about how the company works, right? You know, the difference between profitability and not profitability, like the inner workings of the the specifics. The weird thing is most companies offer training. So everybody recognizes that it's important. But to your point, it seems just like an afterthought, period. You know, no matter where you go, it's like, yes, this is important. I know that this is important. And I'm just going to do it like this. Yeah. A lot of people who like sales because of the fact that there's a variable compensation element to it, which means that they'll make basically the equivalent of the effort they put in. Yeah. But if we don't put an effort into training them, then you can see how that snowballs. Totally. So then what effort are they going to go? So we can all agree, right, that training is important and taking an informal approach or making it an afterthought is just not accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish. So taking a formal approach is super important. Brian, maybe you can talk a little bit about what, you know, what that means to you and kind of how we've set it up here. Yeah. So I think that one thing that often gets missed within training is, you know, uh, we're ticking boxes, we're doing the X's and O's, but what we're not focusing on is how do these individuals process information? Right. How do they learn best? Right. Um, are we meeting their learning needs? You know, and one of the things that we implement here at Simply when we're training our dealers is how do these individuals process information when we train them and we find that out? Mm-hmm. Um, are they visual learners? Do they learn best by reading? Right. Are they auditory learners, which means they, they thrive in an environment where they hear many lectures? Mm-hmm. Are they a kinesthetic learner or hands-on or tactile, as it's known as? Will they learn best when they're put in real-life situations? So in a real-world situation, like how are you teasing that out? So if we're working with dealers on a day-to-day basis to help them understand you know, how to offer financing, what are you doing to tease out those pieces? So prior to actually having the training session, what me and my team does is have a discovery call. Right. We call it a discovery call. Mm-hmm. And we contact the Dealer and we find out what their training needs are. Right. And that is a very, very vast um, 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 group of expectations that we have within that. So we're not just finding out what their past experience is like with training, how familiar they are with it. We are asking that. Mm-hmm. We are finding out if they've offered financing in the past. Um, how what their success levels have been with regards to it. But we're also finding out how comfortable they are with technology. Right. We are finding out um, what the dynamics of the group and what the overall attitude towards financing is. Mm-hmm. How is your sales team 
feeling about the idea of having to talk about things like terms and amortizations and right. monthly payments and interest rates and things like that. That can be complicated, especially for your average salesperson, right? Right. Yeah. And what's important to recognize is how you teach those individuals mm -hmm. um, is determined by their attitudes towards it. Right. Um, you know, because there's two different types of training out there. There's transactional training where you're just ticking those boxes and you're saying, okay, I taught them how to use the portal. I taught them how to do X, Y, and Z. They've shown that they've known that they know how to do it. My work here is done. That's transactional training. What we implement here is transformational training where we are not just teaching them one plus one is two, but we are building their confidence in their belief in themselves that they can offer financing confidently to those customers and they can handle any curveball that's thrown at them. Amazing. So one thing that we've hammered home in these podcasts is that financing drives revenue, right? So it improves conversion rates, it improves average ticket size, and that equates to happier customers, more money in the salesperson's wallet, and more revenue for the company that you're working for. But the biggest thing that we hear is like, we, we get it, but it's complicated. It's complicated, right? And so we've got these salespeople that, you know, have figured out how to sell HVAC or windows or and doors, but like they don't fully get how like amortizations work and, and terms and, you know, those types of things. But they do recognize that this is what drives revenue for them. So what we did is we said, okay, we're going to help with that, right? We're going to build a training uh, department, for lack of a better word, right? That's going to like approach this the formal way, a scientific way that's going to understand who your people are, how they learn best, and we're going to put the right information in front of them to make sure that they're most likely to be successful. Does that sound right? Absolutely. And one common issue that I found with financing when I'm going into training sessions with people who have a level of familiarity with financing mm -hmm. is that they are reactive right. when offering financing. So they are only offering it in the event where, where somebody either asks for it or they're about to walk out the door because they can't afford that lump sum price. Right. And one of the things that we teach them is to not just have financing available, but to make financing available. Right. So how do we make financing available? Well, we challenge these, these, these dealers to bring financing to the table prior to talking about, about, about that ticket price. Mm -hmm. Plant the seed and change their mindset because they have the power and the ability to do that. And that's just a snippet of some of the things that we teach. But what's important is it's not just enough to tell them that. We have to build an experience which enables them to not only be knowledgeable, but confident right. as well. Or right. competent, rather. I have all confident yeah. as well. Yeah. But knowledgeable and competent. Right. Um, so we tell them, make it available change their mindset as far as what they could afford. They're no longer panicking about a particular product that they need for emergency purposes. How am I gonna pay for this and pay for Christmas presents or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. If you, we encourage them to offer, and not offer financing, but just plant the seed that we offer financing mm -hmm. and we have programs that meet your individual needs. Right. So once we tell them that they need to do that, we have to teach them how to do that. Right. So we put them through real life scenarios. So we say, the customer says to you, I can't afford this right now. I have to pay for X, Y, and Z. That would automatically prompt you to offer a particular program that meets their needs. Right. And identify what those individuals' needs are. Oh, I was going to say, you know, you get into training sometimes with this one size fits all. Right. And so, you know, give me an example If your company is Ontario centric and you're based in Ontario. Most of your clients or customers are going to be in Ontario. You're going to make training around what you feel is your representation, which is in Ontario. But then we had to take a step back and say, well, we're not an Ontario only company. We have we operate in 
every single province. And these provinces don't want to hear about success stories. Like there are different mindsets. There's different buying patterns. There's different platforms. There's different seasonality. Right. So one of the things we recognize is we can't create training where you have your proverbial square peg round hole. We needed to customize it to the audience based one geographically where they are. Mm -hmm. But then what vertical are they in? Right. Dealers in the pool and hot tub space have a very different buying pattern, a very different mechanism right. into which they're getting leads and things like that. So you, we need to be nimble enough to do that. So one of the things Brian did was, you know, we created a baseline. And then through that discovery call, what we really applied was this kind of W5H approach to it. Who are we training? When Brian first started, one of the first things we did was don't start anything yet. Yeah. Go and seek the advice and guidance right, right, of stakeholders. Right. And Don't it, just start building based on your intuition. Go out and get some real data that's going to help you build something meaningful. Absolutely. Right. And, and that data was, let's talk to dealers. Let's talk to our sales reps. But not only that, remember, training is an opportunity at the forefront to set a couple of things. One, an expectation. Two, an understanding of the processes and protocols so that down the street or downstream, you're not running into operational issues or misunderstandings of credit exception ratios and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we went out and also talked to internal departments and then take that challenge and bring it upstream to when you train. Right. So that you can avoid downstream uh, concerns with operations or customer service. You got to bring that way up to the forefront, drop that anchor so that when you go down the road, you can say, hey, remember in training, we talked about this. So yeah. that was what I thought was, I don't want to use the word revolutionary, yeah. but I thought very different that we took that approach here and then Brian really drove that. And it was a vast, vast amount of different feelings about it. Like you said, depending on who you were, depending on who you were speaking to right. based on what their role is. Mm -hmm. When you were speaking to many salespeople, you know, I found some similarities between some of those answers and some of the answers that I got back when I worked with students at my time spent at the Toronto District School Board, right. where I would hear answers like, I don't understand why financing applies to my line of business. Mm -hmm. That's my difficulties, lack of understanding, mm -hmm. lack of confidence, mm -hmm. just knowledge about our programs. And sometimes some of these dealers, what we find when they're the bigger organizations is that they need support on how to delegate some of these responsibilities mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Well, who's going to fill out the applications? Yeah. Well, who's going to monitor the applications? Who's going to handle the sales part? Right. And one of the things that I learned during these, I think we called it a fact-finding mission. I think that's what we called it before, Rich, was that confidence was a main contributing factor. Right. And quite often in training, as an educator, what you recognize is, is that when people say, I don't need it, doesn't apply to my line of business, you know, all my customers pay in cash, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it's lack of knowledge, but when it comes to lack of confidence, when they're giving you those answers, like I just described, mm -hmm. what they're really saying is, I can't. Right. Or I don't think that I can. Yeah. And, you know, all of the things that Rich listed earlier with regards to training about, you know, teaching sales X, Y, and Z and administrators A, B, and C, what really, really works and what's really important with training is creating a, an experience that is empowering. Mm -hmm. Because with training, whether you're training internally with your new hires or whether you're training salespeople, regardless of what it is, you as a trainer have an opportunity to create an environment 
where that learner is willing to jump through walls. Yeah, yeah. You said something earlier that I want to pick up on. You said some of the dealers you spoke to were like, why is financing important to me and my vertical? I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. You know, I like to think of that question as kind of a value chain that starts with the customer, right? So financing allows me to get the products that I really want, which makes me a happier customer. Salesperson, by offering financing, I now have a happier customer and I'm putting more money in my wallet. And dealer, I have a happier customer, my salesperson's getting paid better, and I'm earning more revenue as a dealer. And then I think about the how, it's actually reverse, right? It doesn't start with the customer, it actually starts with the dealer, which is, okay, I really need to take this seriously because this is gonna drive happier customers and more money in the salesperson's wallet and more revenue for the company. So I really need to make sure that I'm pushing this and I'm pushing it the proper way. And I'm giving my salespeople the information that they need to be able to speak competently and confidently to that customer to ensure that that customer understands fully all of their options and they can actually make an informed decision and be happy about the decision that they're making. So I, it's funny, we've talked a lot about that kind of value thread or value chain, for lack of a better word, which is the why, but then there's the how, which is actually the reverse. It starts with you know the dealer and making sure that the dealer is armed with the information they need that they can impress upon their salespeople. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing training does is it, it avoids the vacuum effect. Right. In the absence of information, a vacuum is created. Yeah. And then it just becomes who can fill that vacuum first. But, you know, it, we, we see this a lot, right? And that we'll talk to even our internal reps who had a misunderstanding of something. And then we'll trace it back and say, hey, we had a gap here. Right. You know, going down the right path with incorrect information, one is going to set you down a really bad path, depending on your sales process and your pipeline to get one customer is probably taking you maybe upwards of 10 to 15 to 20, sometimes 100 prospects to get to one. Right. This is why you hear so much. It is you know, so much more profitable to retain customers and clients than it is to lose them. Because, yeah, because you have to take into account that sheer cost mm -hmm. of what it took to get one in. And so, like I said, training allows you to minimize vacuums, make sure everyone's saying the same thing so that you can actually engage more prospects. So it isn't 100 to one. Maybe you get that down to 50 to one. Right. It makes you much more efficient. One thing that I want to do is I want to make sure that we bring it back to like, how do we help, right? Like, how do we as a company help? So we built this training department that essentially is, you know, maybe you can just tell me about it. You know, what do we do? If I'm Joe or Jill dealer, I'm very interested in hearing what you have to say and like getting as much from you as I can. What do I do? Who do I contact? How do I, and how do we start? What does it look like? How much does it cost, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is just getting hold of us. Yeah. We have sales representatives across Canada from pretty much every province that we operate in, uh, but we have representation in every territory. Mm -hmm. Two, we also have a, a dealer lead generation team. So we have a team dedicated to engaging dealers and onboarding them and starting the process of getting set up. You know, I hope for those who are going to call, my only caveat to you, if you're going to call, is you got to believe in that this is going to help your sales reps or your organization drive volume, close deals, minimize your lost leads, mitigate against that, and be open to having conversations about sales processes. And we've talked about that again on the sales process on this podcast, right? Where, you know, we'll talk to dealers and we'll say, well, I tell them it's a $100,000 job, but we offer monthly product, you know, financing. And, and again, I'll say to them, perfect, except I'm still thinking about the 100000 
you've drawn a barrier that now I don't care what you're going to say. It's going to be difficult for me to overcome. Now start that journey. Yeah. Then what happens is that dealer will then be introduced to, uh, to Brian. Right. Um, I think Brian went over it. People are busy, man. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Brian has done trading classes as early as like six in the morning. Right. Yes. Um, and to as late as eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. But to be clear, like this is a bespoke training program for your dealers to help them close more deals and drive more revenue for Absolutely. your business. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, going back to the discovery call that we had earlier, when we had that discovery call, the training team is going to ask questions to get a better understanding of your training needs, whether it's how you process information, all the way to your pain points. Once those questions are asked and answered, um, the training the, the individual doing the training will then ask for maybe a day to create a customized training experience based on what your needs are. Right. So if you are an individual who has never offered financing before and you're absolutely terrified mm -hmm. at the idea of offering financing, then we will create a customized training experience based on what those needs are, mm -hmm. based on what your schedule is, and based on what the individual needs of your sales team or team members are within that organization. Right. We'll set a date after that discovery call and we will provide you with as many number of training sessions that you require. That training session can either be remotely or in person. We've done several in-person training sessions, probably in the last couple of months, Rich, much so, yeah. that have been very, very successful. We learned to live with remote during COVID, but if it's possible, there is no supplement for in-person learning. Right. If it's possible. And, and I stress that we can create a virtual experience for you and have it still be very effective. But if it's possible to have it in person, let's do it that way. Yeah. We will go through all those particular topics, whether it's six topics or two topics. If you're someone who just needs to learn how to use the portal, that's what we're going to teach you. Right. Once that training is completed and the training team believes that you're knowledgeable, competent and confident, we send you on your way with post-training materials. So we're not just going to send you away with the knowledge because you're probably only gonna retain about 60% of that, right. if that. What you'll also get are post-training workbooks. So everything that you've learned will be at your fingertips once the training is done. That could be on paper or it could be digital. We all are we are also very accessible for any sort of uh, continuing education that you may or may not require as well. We always encourage you to contact your account manager when you have questions or concerns, yep. but we're here as well because sometimes your account manager is busy and we understand that dealer's biggest currency is time. Right. And if they need that answer right away, we're there for them. Mm -hmm. But if you require any future training, any new hires, we will train you with the same type of passion as you received in that original session. What's important to say with regards to that is all the training team asks from you is that you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Right. And be open to the fear of doing something that you've never done before. Right. And that's all we ask of you. Okay. So let me just get this straight. So I'm Jill contractor or Joe contractor. And I'm saying to myself, I get it. I, you know, I really want to offer financing, but my team isn't equipped to do it. They send an email. Their investment is a discovery call time. The time that it takes to do a discovery call, the time of their people to get the training and the cost of being vulnerable, yes. right? And so it essentially costs them nothing other than those things. It's bespoke training, customized around them, their people, their vertical, offering financing, and that's it. 
That's it. He's trying to catch you. He's trying to catch you. That is it. It's that simple. I love now, it. Now, the other thing we don't believe in is set it and forget it mentality. So we are also actively monitoring these dealers that we've onboarded, gone through, gone through training. And then if we see little or potentially no volume, we will then re-engage that dealer and say, hey, let's do a refresher. Or let's, you know, it's been a couple months, let us get in front of your team and let's just top up that knowledge piece. Uh, because again, training isn't, you know, going back to some of the things that we want to dispel here, training isn't a one-time thing you do. It is a constant item that you're doing. We're always making updates. We're always engaging dealers and talking to them about how we can make training experiences better and how we can add to our repository of it. But yeah, he's trying to get you. It is that, <laughs> it is that simple. So Brian, maybe you can tell me a little bit about what happens like after the training. Like what's the communication like? What are you, what are you hoping to get post-training? So, you know, we obviously offer support in the event where they can't get hold of their account manager. Their account manager is always I'm going to be the person that they're inclined to speak to when it comes to questions or concerns. The training team, myself, are certainly available for those questions. One thing that I really ask of you is that you just continue to communicate with me about your, your stories of success and struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, I say this at the end of every training session, and I'll say it now, that I want to hear about those because your stories of success and struggle is going to be my next group survival guide. Right, right. And you know, that's that, that's something that I wanna hear about, I wanna use as an example. Right, cool. It's like a feedback loop. Yeah. 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 Gentlemen, we're there. I appreciate it. Brian, great maiden voyage. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for coming to talk to us today. Folks, we're now on TikTok at close underscore the underscore deal at Snap Home Finance and at Simply Group Financial. Please follow us for more Close the Deal content. Also, we've launched our very first industry specific marketing insights report. If you haven't read it yet, you got to check it out. You're missing out. It is jam packed with insights around the digital landscape across multiple verticals. If you haven't read it and you're interested, shoot me an email at jwatson at snapfinancial.com. Also, we launched the Great Canadian Dealer Showdown program, $31,000 in cash up for grabs. Submit your deals today to earn ballots and get your chance to win. It is a free incentive designed for you, our valued dealers. Take advantage today. If you have any feedback or questions about today's episode, suggestions for future episodes, again, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me, Jay Watson at snapfinancial.com. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much and cheers, everybody. 